Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to warn you that this episode is a doozy. And so there's a lot of rough talk in here. We're talking murder. We're talking assault. We're talking abuse, physical, emotional, medical, financial, um, educational, just a lot of abuse. Uh, there's sexual assault, there's necrophilia, there's, there's even suicide. And so with all that coming up in the next, in the next couple of hours here, uh, I think it's worth it to take a few minutes and decide if you're in the space to hear it. And if not, that's cool. Skip this one and I'll see you on the next one later. this is like this is a, a another episode I'm recording ahead of time um I this is I don't know when this is coming out but I am recording it before Thanksgiving and I just feel like a little you know like I'm in a little podcast sweatshop mm-hmm. just working my fingers to the bone while people deny me breaks and what I'm the people I don't know what I'm saying that for I'm the people that's denying me breaks and and uh uh, workplace ethics. That's me. I'm in charge. There's nobody, there's nobody at this podcast except for me. This is the podcast is literally princess. And yet here I am complaining about my boss cause she's such a bitch. <laughs> anyway, guys, today's another sponsored episode. Again, if you want to sponsor an episode, it's 20 bucks. All you gotta do is send me a pitch to hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com or message me on Patreon. I'll look at it, you know. I turned down very few of them. Today's episode was sponsored by Kayla, and Kayla wanted to hear me do Mommy Dead and Dearest. Now, that that uh documentary came out in 2017. Yeah, 2017 cuz the murder happened in 2015. And um I've heard a lot of people talk about this documentary in in between time, but you know, it's been 5 years. And I guess, five years, damn. And I guess it's time to talk about it. I'd seen the doc already. Um, I have not watched the Hulu series. I don't want to. I think the Theranos one was probably the best one that they did. Maybe. The, uh, the we, the we work one on Apple Plus. Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus? Apple TV. I don't fucking know. Um, I enjoyed myself with that one because I really feel like Anne Hathaway is such a fucking star. Um, yeah, I think she's annoying because she's like super beautiful and has big teeth and nice lips and shit. But I found her to be very fun to like watch on 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 the screen. Um, Jared Leto scared me in that whole fucking thing, but. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed that one. But, you know, I'm, I'm just not really interested in seeing the fictionalized account of this. Um, there will be no performance of a mother committing Munchausen by proxy on a child better than the 1991 made-for-television movie starring Judith Light wife, mother, murderer, the Marie Hilly 
what is her name? Marie Hilly Robbie Terry. Well, she's got a lot of names. The Marie Hill Hilly story. That shit, 1991, I'm 11 years old. It is one of my favorite fucking movies. Judith Life is, Judith, Judith Light is great in it. Who knew she had this in her all those years on Who's the Boss playing opposite of Tony Danza in a fucking towel? Who fucking knew? But <laughs> this is, I mean, it's a true story. It's about a woman who just basically poisoned everybody in, the fucking, in her fucking life, killing people left and right. But what she really does is she starts poisoning her daughter slowly and, um, I mean, basically making her sicker so she can get attention and whatnot from and almost killing her like bring it bringing this shit the poison to the hospital where she wasn't getting any better <laughs> they this isn't funny this is this is bad but um what i find i, I just find the nerve the fucking nerve <laughs> of this woman but yeah that's a great movie go back and watch it if you have time if you love lifetime movies because that's where it plays all the time or that's where i watch it i didn't watch it in 1991 it was on tv probably there was no DVR. Um, I wasn't watching shit like that. But I did. I probably watched it in 1992 or 1993 when it was on fucking Lifetime. Um, so yeah, uh, something to think about. So let's talk about Mommy, Dead, and Dearest. Um, I appreciate the brevity of this documentary. It was an hour and a half. I feel like if the shit came out in 2020, they would have given us eight parts. <laughs> I, I feel like that. But this is a very straightforward documentary. It's not one of those things that's trying to like, you know, uh, trying to get you to guess what happened. There aren't a lot of like twists and turns in it. Like, you know, I mean, sure, there's surprising information, but there aren't a lot of like, you'll never guess who did what. There, there really isn't like that in the in the episode. Um, it's all about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Um, I'm going to just like address this right now. Uh, Gypsy Rose Blanchard's name is a slur. <laughs> um, and it's not a, it's not something I, I normally would say. And I thought about just calling her G throughout like doing this podcast episode, but I also am highly conflicted because I'm a big per, I'm a big proponent of like using people's names and shorting people's names, uh, at your leisure is rude um, diminishing and like the, the smallest respect you can give someone is to use their actual name. If you can't pronounce it, learn how to pronounce it. Ask them to help you. Most people will help you. Um, and I know that she's not going to listen to this obviously, but I don't know something about like going throughout this entire episode, calling her G didn't sit right with me. And so, you know, I had to balance it out. Uh, when you hear me saying gypsy, I am referring to this woman because it is her name. Uh, you know, I'm just going to muscle through this. So this case is like, gosh, this, this case is about, uh, disability inspiration porn. It's about, uh, fraud. Uh, it's about long cons. It's about, uh, what I'm assuming is Medicaid fraud. <laughs> and we'll get to that. It's about uh, medical, it's about child abuse, which is 
um, you know, not just, not just physical abuse, not just emotional abuse, like, uh, medical abuse, which I think is a, it's a kind of physical abuse, but it's not what we normally think of when we think of physical abuse. Uh, this is a, it's, it's got all the, look at these fucking freaks, uh, that we want to see in some of these things. Um, it's got it all. Uh, some of the things I think most people are really can are really interested in the Munchausen by proxy uh, bit of it. I think lots of people are really interested in the murder bit of it. I am very interested in <laughs> the Medicaid fraud of it. I I have a lot of questions about things that are happening here. I'm going to ask them. I don't think I'm going to get any answers, but I'm going to ask them. Now let's start at the beginning, not as a documentary, the beginning of the story, in my estimation. I kind of tried to put this in a more chronological um, uh, organism, like structure uh, for my own needs. So let's start at the beginning. Didi is from, was from LaForche Parish, Louisiana. There as a young child, she basically drove everybody fucking crazy. <laughs> Dee's real name is Claudine. And I remember that because her daddy's name is Claude. And we need to stop naming uh, children after fathers. And I just, I've, I've become radicalized. I've always, I've always thought it was strange that you would carry a child for a damn near 10 months and go through all the, have your pussy busted right the fuck open. Be cut open on a table while they move around all your damn organs. Spend weeks recovering. Having this kid chew on your nips for years sometimes. Having him chase you around the house, screaming your name. You can't even piss. Have them sleeping in the bed with you, kicking you all night. I'm making motherhood sound awesome here. This is not my experience, by the way, but I'm just saying this is a experience. And for all that, you gonna name this fucking baby after some dude that spent, I don't know, two minutes helping you make it? Don't do that. I become radicalized. Nah, name it after yourself. My, I have a friend who her name, she is named after her mother and her mother's name is her grandmother and so the three of them have the same names and I fucking love it. I fucking love it. I love the idea of them walking around with all the same names. I love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Yeah, we're not naming, we're done, we're done. We're not naming uh children after men anymore. They are named after the person. I was gonna say the person that gave birth to them but here I am like excluding adoptive mothers. I am one. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Um, just, we're not naming children after men anymore. Mm -mm. No, that's some real pick me type shit, baby. Pick another name. <laughs> anyway, Claudine Didi, basically driving everybody wild. Claudine is, um, you know, she is evil. <laughs> Claude and his and his his uh new his second wife I believe who is Didi's stepmother uh basically described Didi as evil and filthy. <laughs> I just I just love someone calling someone filthy. Actually, Claude 
even though I didn't love what they were saying, Claude and his wife talking really uh, got me going. I love, first of all, guys, I love a New Orleans accent. Even just like a deep Louisiana accent. I love these accents. I love the way they talk. I love uh, when they was talking about Dee Dee's mama used to uh, go down and steal stuff out the washateria. I said, the washateria? <laughs> yeah, baby. Fuck that laundromat, the washateria. <laughs> I loved it. When even her nephew, who I'll get to, said something like, oh, and then we found out Gypsy was by her boyfriend's house. That is a very specific thing that I really only encounter in Louisiana, encountered in Louisiana. I went to college in Louisiana. Um, they, you know, you might say I'm going to stop by so-and-so's house. I might go by so-and-so's house, but it's a very specific, particular vernacular where if I ask you where someone is and you say by her mama house, not, and, and to someone in this, to someone being very straightforward about that, about those words, you might think, okay, is she beside her mama's house? Is she by her mama's house? But no, it means you're at your mama's house. I'm by, uh, Jennifer's house. That means I'm at Jennifer's house. And it's such a very specific way of speaking that when he said that the gypsy was by her, her, by her boyfriend's house, I kind of had to pause. I was like, I just, I don't know. I love noticing these things. I love noticing, I love the way how different people speak and, and put words together and tell stories and express themselves. I love noticing that. And it doesn't really, I mean, I have a special place in my heart for Louisiana, but it doesn't have to be a place that I'm from or that I'm, I've been to or that I've have experienced with. Like, I love when I'm listening to a podcast and a Canadian person says, bean, instead of Ben, I love that. It is so like, it tickles me every fucking time. I don't know what it is, but um, I really enjoyed listening to Claudette and Rod and even Christy talking because <laughs> it's very interesting to me. But the, the way they talk about Dee Dee is essentially that she, I mean, she was shoplift. She would like, uh, she, you know, she was stealing family information to get credit cards in their name and her brother's name, her daddy's name. Um, she wrote bad checks all up and down Louisiana. They said she was one in Slidell. <laughs> I giggled when they said Slidell. <laughs> I don't know why. Anytime somebody mentions Slidell, I start to laugh. Um, uh, yeah, she, so... She she was wanted all around there, and she really couldn't set foot back in this area without being arrested. Because if you write a certain amount of bad checks, it's a fucking felony. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you get up to... I think in North Carolina, at one time, it was two bad checks, and it was a felony. I'm pretty fucking sure. I do remember, because when I used to work for GEICO, and I used to work in the military service division, <laughs> we would talk about... You know, people in North Carolina don't pay by it, didn't pay by check ever because you can't be bouncing no checks up in North Carolina. Yes, it's going to jail. But yeah, like uh, in this day and age where we rarely write fucking checks for anything, you know, um, it's it's hard to remember that people used to walk around with little pieces of paper that they've signed that they promised they have this money. And then sometimes they didn't have the money. 
and the shit would bounce. And like, if you did that a lot, your ass was going to fucking jail, going to the pen. They're going to put you underneath the jail, baby. So, so I mean, Dee Dee just had like, you know, she's just, uh, almost, they almost talk about Dee Dee like she was the bad seed. And then they start talking about how Dee Dee was poisoning her stepmother, putting Roundup weed killer, the shit that she was using on the plants in her food. And that at some point her stepmother couldn't get out of bed for nine months because she was po- slowly poisoning her. They just say this off. They just like, this is just an aside. We don't talk anything more about it. <laughs> um, but they also explained to us that Dee Dee didn't just get this. Like she came by this shit honest. She didn't just make this shit up. Her mama was like this too. Her mama's name was Emma. And her mama, uh, that's the one that was that would go down to the washeteria and steal people's clothes out the dryer. Now, if you're stealing clothes out the dryer and you actually have clothes on your back and you're stealing clothes out the dryer, baby, you love to steal. Because it's just such a hit or miss. I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it's a it's a thing that desperate people do. Like, you, you stealing somebody's undies doesn't really do much. You know what I mean? You can't sell them out in the street. You, so you, you probably can't wear them. It really depends on the size. And you're just basically guessing at that point. So somebody that will still close out the washeteria for fucking fun is, they just like stealing. But Emma was shoplift. Emma stole money from her father-in-law, Claude's daddy. Um, you know, at some point, Emma is dying while she's in Dee Dee's care. And they said she had her in the back room all dirty. And she, and, uh, um, didn't, and she, she, uh, wasn't feeding her. And they think a lot of people think Dee Dee killed her mama. Who knows? I'll know. I'll say something else that really tickled me. Claude said, I gave her everything she wanted except for a dog inside in the house. And that really tickled me because that's something my granddaddy would say. It's something one of my grandmothers would have said. Uh, like, you know how people say on my ancestors' wildest dreams? My ancestors are looking down at me being like, you got some dogs in your house? Dogs belong outside. Oh, you're buying them food now, huh? Well, we just, we just give them whatever we didn't eat. We just clear out the refrigerator. They'll eat it. This is how my, <laughs> this is my grandparents and great parent grandparents kept dogs. Like the idea that I walk these dogs and then bend over and pick up their poop. Probably sh- they look down at me all the time being like, girl, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> but Claude, Claude said he did. He gave her about everything she wanted except for a dog in the house. <laughs> he said, now he's got two dogs in the house. So look at him. But I just thought, I thought that was really funny. They also have like interviews, an interview with her nephew who describes um, Dee Dee as uh, a weird girl and um, schizophrenic and bipolar and just plain evil, according to Dr. Tattoo on his face with a black beanie and flannel shirt. I I, I don't mean to judge, but I'm just, her nephew looks like he's got a couple of problems too. And I'm, and, and you know what, call me what you will call me old, call me judgmental, call me whatever. But as soon as you have a tattoo on your face, you know, I feel like, uh, we're going to take this with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? So Dee Dee met 
Rod at the bowling alley. Rod Blanchard, I think his name is. His accent is, we get an interview with him. His accent is very nice. Also, he looks like a clean cut white man with a little, with a bit of a beard, a little gray in the beard. He looks like he knows how to fix things. We saw him fishing one time. Then he was frying up the fucking fish and that fish looked good. He knows how to fucking fry fish. Listen, how, how you think Mr. Curtis got me? Frying fish and pork chops. Um, he got, he's, he's, he's defrosting pork chops right now. I believe when he gets home from work at two o'clock in the morning, this motherfucker's about to fry me some pork chops. And, you know, he lives another, he, he lives to fight another day. Um, <laughs> but Rod Blanchard is cute. And I really like his accent. And I like that he wears those, um, I call them Bill Cosby hats. I guess they're newspaper caps or whatever. I like that. I feel like I would definitely let him throw one at me. And so did Didi because he met her at the bowling alley and they went out and uh, he got her pregnant. And where he's from, if you at that time, if you get somebody pregnant, you got to marry them, whether you want to or not. So he got married. He was 17 years old. Now, I find this interesting because the thing is, is that that uh, gypsies uh, uh, age is fuzzy, right? It's fuzzy because of some things that are happening. And we'll get to it. But I read somewhere when I was trying to read up follow-ups on this that Dee Dee was 48 when she when she died. And when Gypsy takes her plea, she says she's 24. And so she would have done a year prior, right? So she killed her about a year prior. So that made Gypsy 23, about to be 24. Uh, so I, guys, obviously I like that meme with the lady trying to figure out the math. Um, if Didi was 48, maybe this article had it wrong. If Didi was 48 when she died and Gypsy was 23, if those numbers are correct, that puts Didi at 25 when Gypsy was born. And Rod says he married Dee Dee because he got her pregnant. So I'm assuming, I know know what happens when you assume, but here I am doing it, that he was 17 when he got her pregnant. Was Dee Dee 25 fucking a 17-year-old the bowling alley? Do I put that again? Of all the things she did, am am I gonna sit here and be like, nah, she wouldn't do that. Because as we will find out, Dee Dee would do any motherfucking thing she wanted to. Dee Dee is out here doing it. And so, so I mean, I just, I, those numbers confuse me a bit. And I and I, I just wish we get more. I want to see Rod's unedited interview. I want to see what he says about Dee Dee. Like, was Dee Dee 25 years old? Anyway, he said he woke up about a year, on his 18th birthday, he woke up. He said, what the fuck am I doing here? He said she was real weird. She was all dark, talking about witchcraft, and she had a pl- uh, uh, pet tarantula. So he left her. <laughs> he left her and her small baby, and I don't know where he went. And 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 listen, 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 listen. As far as I'm concerned, I really enjoy Rod. I like how he comes off in this doc. 
particularly in the scenes in which he is with Gypsy. I think he looks, I, I think, I think he's giving us what we'd want to see Gypsy get. Okay. But I don't think he got enough smoke guys. Even he, I, even though he says he blames himself, I don't think he got enough smoke because his absence in Gypsy's life, his absence in Gypsy's life what was one of the things that made it that made this this whole thing possible because he filtered everything through Didi he she became the the narrator and later Gypsy says that if she could go back what she would do instead of what she did would she call her father and have him come pick her up because throughout this whole thing gypsy and her father have contact maybe not regular contact but they see each other places he he goes to visits at the mcdonald's he he calls her on her birthdays and things like that they do they he has all these fucking pictures of her in hospitals and different things he sees he saw her but when i say he doesn't get enough smoke if he had been an involved parent I think he would have noticed uh, Gypsy could walk and Dee Dee was walking around telling everybody she can't. In fact, her Dee Dee sister told him that Gypsy could walk. And instead of being like, damn, why the fuck would Dee Dee lie to me? I gotta go, let me look into this. He calls Dee Dee and goes, Gypsy can walk. And Dee Dee's like, oh, not really. He's like, okay. Like, and I think we give him a pass because we're, we're, it's obvious he was an uninvolved father. We don't expect fathers to be involved. But if this had all been perpetrated by Rod and Dee Dee was the one doing this doc and or being interviewed in this doc talking about, well, I guess I didn't really know and I guess I should have done better. I guess I kind of blame myself. We, th- th- they would have the pitchforks out for her. They would be like, Dee Dee, how dare you? How dare you not know what's going on with your daughter? You... I was about to call her Jezebel. You know, another thing that was really, that doesn't apply here. That's not, that's not even what that means. Well, another thing that was funny when I lived in Louisiana, <laughs> this might just be, be like to the circles I ran in, but people would say the word Jezzy for Jezebel. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you're, I don't know, uh, in particular, the one I'm really thinking about is <laughs> this woman I knew. She wasn't a woman. She was fucking 16 years old. She was on her second kid. Um, and she, her daughter's, like, the she was a baby. Her little strap came down on her shirt. And she goes, oh, my, why are you being such a jessie? Like, people would say, <laughs> this might be just the circle I was running in, baby. I don't know. But I just, I just, tickles me, tickles me. Okay, so, oh, one thing I want to mention about Rod is we see a picture of Rod and Dee Dee when they were younger. And it's a testament that sometimes you got to get older to be cute, okay? Because back then, I wouldn't have thought he was cute at all. But right now, perfect. Real good looking, real, real interested. Definitely would cheat on somebody with him so right away right away oh one more thing i want to say 
Dee Dee's family did not believe she died at first. They thought she was lying. <laughs> they thought she was going to pop back up like Freddy fucking Krueger. And they didn't want her ashes. Apparently, I don't know if they did, but they spent a lot of time talking about how they, how everyone said to flush those ashes down the, the toilet. I don't know if they actually, they don't say we did that. But I am greatly disturbed by that. That is actually like flushing someone's ashes down the toilet is worse than not picking them up from the fucking crematorium. You know, like people don't pick things up from the crematorium all the time. They've, they've got in the back, they've got unclaimed shit that, that people never came, never paid for. Right. Well, I'm sure they, I'm sure they taken payments up front, but you know what I'm saying? And you know, that's a little disrespectful, but I think it's worse to flush someone's remains down the toilet. And even though Didi's not, is like, I don't know, the worst person. I'm not, I'm not ever defending Didi ever in life, but I, we don't have to do that. Don't do that. Don't, as my father would tell me, do not, <laughs> don't ever let a pig convince you to wrestle with them in the mud. Get down, because once you get down there, they're going to beat you with experience because you're not used to being down in the mud. They are. They know all the tricks. They know everything to do. They're down there every fucking day. And if you allow yourself to be pulled down there, you've already lost by the time you get there. And so I would say that Didi's like a, 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 Didi is an evil person. I was making fun of them when they were saying it, but she, but I mean, I, I don't know any other way to describe that or describe what she did and who she was, but I would also say, don't stoop that low, babe. Just, if you don't want her ashes, don't get them. So I hope that they were just, I mean, I, I, I hope they were just doing that. Um, so from birth, from Gypsy's birth, Dee Dee was saying that Gypsy had sleep apnea, needed a breathing machine, thinking CPAP, that's what I think she's talking about. And then she told Rod that she needed a wheelchair and that she was developmentally disabled. They used the R word over and over again in this doc. Um, I'm not using that. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I don't need to say that. Uh, and But that's what they said. And But developmentally disabled or delayed... Um, she was in a wheelchair for 14 years. Rod has these pics of gypsy and surgery and all kinds of like just surgery after surgery after surgery. Uh, according to Rod, gypsy might not even known how old she was because Rod was told like on her 18th birthday, she's trying to call to talk to gypsy and Diddy's like, well, don't tell her she's 18. She doesn't know. Don't tell her. And according to Didi, a lot of things like, uh, Gypsy was about five years younger than her actual age. Uh, so when she was 15, she, she, uh, mentally she was like 10. And another reason I want Rod to get a little bit of a smoke is because if you have a chronically ill disabled child and you have not, you are not active enough in her life to have educated yourself on those things to be like, hey, this isn't actually how you treat leukemia. You don't just you don't just pop out a couple of pills from the Tylenol bottle and call it cancer meds. 
hmm, like if you if he had been involved, he would have educated himself on a lot of things that Didi said Gypsy had, and the story would have started to unravel pretty quickly, I believe. I mean, she was running so many stories, so many cons that who fucking knows? Um, we get an interview. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, some of the pics the stepmom showed where Gypsy was 10 or said, said she looked 10 or, 10 or 11, but she was probably 21 or 22. And that's interesting to me because some of the stuff in the doc says she didn't commit to crime because she was 19. But then she's being sent and she says she's 24, almost 25. And that, so I guess what's going on there is that, uh, you know, Dee has been telling everyone she has different age all, over and over again. So maybe that's part of it. Um, why some of these numbers are weird. Although it doesn't solve, like if, if, if Dee Dee was, if, uh, Gypsy was actually 19 when she committed this murder, it's even worse. It's even worse. Uh, um, Dee Dee was like in her thirties, you know, when she got pregnant with her. I don't know. So we do get a direct interview with Gypsy in this doc. And that's probably the most compelling part. Gypsy speaking on her own. She's very personable. She seems sweet. She seems unassuming. She seems like a teenager that works at your, at the local donut shop. And she, you know what I mean? Like that's what she, she's, seems very innocent. And I think it's very helpful in, in, in like painting her in a, a, a good, good light. Um, Gypsy describes her mother as unique and then overprotective. She says she didn't think her mother was abusing her. She had no idea. Her mother told her she had asthma, epilepsy, paral- that she was paralyzed from the waist down, developmentally disabled, unable to swallow, so she had a feeding tube, vision problems, hearing problems. And actually, um, they did a, not a screenshot, they showed us a picture of like what Dee Dee had filled in on a medical form about everything. And I just want to get this. Okay. So I took a picture of it on the, um, on the TV. It says epilepsy, vision impaired, hearing impaired, GI reflux, quadriplegia, muscular dystrophy, anemia, hypoventilation. That's the CPAP. And it says CPAP here at age 10. Asthma, allergies, mild mental delay, age seven. Leukemia, age five. Incontinence, lung disease, and a heart murmur. I'm not going to read that again. I am going to say that. So here's the issue, okay? There are lots of people with uh disabled children chronically ill children children with cancer um that get side eyes all the time being sick in america being disabled in america means that people are constantly questioning you everyone thinks somebody's getting something for free 
I have a friend I had, she passed away, um, who had MS. And one of the things she told me was the hardest in her everyday life is that she had a handicap parking sticker. They still call it a handicap park. Okay, whatever. I don't, I'm not in charge of the language. Uh, that's what it's called. It's called a handicap parking. Uh, uh, not a placard. She actually had license plates. But here's the thing. If, as I told my mother, and she tried to fight with me about it, the person that is handicapped must be with you in the car, right? So you can't just have the handicapped place and you park in the space. You have to be handicapped. But she had MS and... She didn't always look like no one, uh, no one always, she didn't always look disabled to people. Okay. So people would watch her get out of her car with her plates and call the police on her. I can't imagine the level of ridiculousness I would have to be to be checking about whether someone deserves to be in the handicapped parking spot. Why? I don't deserve to be there. I don't know. I, I just, it's something about it. And I do, um, I do have, um, a couple of friends with disabled children and they have the plaque and they, they talk about parking's terrible. They talk about how you, how you might park in a handicapped parking space. And the reason they have that extra space is so you can get the wheelchair in and out. Like this is, this is part of the reason you have this extra, um, like area next to it, right? And how other people will park in that little area and like box them in and you can't and you you can't get your kid in and out the fucking van because I saw a TikTok where a woman was the disabled person. Now it wasn't a a a, a woman traveling with her disabled child. It was the woman was and so when she got, to, she parked at the airport and when she came to get her fucking car, she couldn't get in it because someone did that. People, I listen, I, I know it's terrible, but someone calling the police on you as you use your handicap parking and you having to show your ID. I think they also give you a thing that should, let's like, this is who the handicap parking is for. And then you show your ID and you're like, this, this is me. And like speaking to the police and try and being verified and various things. This is, people already do that. Okay, so when I fly with my entire family, because I have, I think it's six and under, I think I get another year of it. So because I have a kid that's six and under, I usually fly Southwest. I usually get to fly, um, I get to board. If I don't get in, in, in boarding A, I can board after A. It doesn't matter where I am. There's no point in it. Um, because I have a kid under six and me and my children and my husband are allowed to all board together after A. It's called like family seating or something like that. It's to prevent the issue where people are like separated from their small kids. By the way, I would just be separated from my small kid. I'd be like, okay, he's yours. Love, love him. Do it. <laughs> we don't need to sit together, baby. And so... <laughs> I'd love not to be spoken to throughout this flight. You sit with them. <laughs> but I do that because it's it's easier than having, I actually have a better chance of getting seats. Um, 
but I was looking up this and like making sure this is what we do and how, and before the first time I flew with the kids. And I think that was to Virginia, the first time I flew with the kids, with the kids and the message board <laughs> of people <laughs> trying to suss out whether people were handicapped, you know, priority boarding or you need assistance boarding or things like that. Um, they get to go first, right? People trying to suss out whether or not, the, oh, they're like, oh, they get out of that wheelchair as soon as they get out of the airport, blah, 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 blah. Newsflash, you can, you can be a wheelchair user and be able to put weight on you. Sometimes a wheelchair is, is to, so you can keep your strength. So when you need to walk, you can. Like, it's not all about, it's not always, they, it's impossible to walk. But just people, like, people being like they should not be allowed to go first and if they're allowed to go first they should be forced to sit in the back of the plane like oh my goodness people people treat disabled people as if they're getting a free ride at all times and stories like this reinforces that it's actually really bad for people who actually do have disabled children or chronically ill children or kids with cancer and people who do need habitat for humanity houses people who do uh uh, qualify for these for these charities that put together money and donate trips to Disney. And there's always like a cloud of suspicion. And this shit doesn't help. But I do want to point out that this fucking list, if you saw this list and didn't think that's a lot of shit, at least think that's a lot of shit. Maybe you thought, maybe the people saw this list and was like, damn, that's a lot of shit. Woof. There, but for the grace of God go I. Right? But at least think this is a lot of shit. And that, this is just a lot. Anyway, I'm off topic. Um, they show her med closet. And it was full to the fucking brim. If you thought I had a lot of medicine, people come to my house all the time and thinks my, I have a little med caddy, right? And just, you know, just a tip. This is what I do. It's a little caddy. It's for my Kia. It only costs $5. I put all the meds in there. I put color-coded stickers on the top of the medicine bottles with an initial because I don't have enough color codes. And this makes it very easy for you to look at the top of the caddy and be like, oh, that's Cheeks Medicine because... His is blue with a C on top. He takes three meds. There's one, two, three. It's very easy to find whose med is whose. Uh, just a little tip, just a little tip. But um, I don't have a linen closet. I look like a fucking linen closet full of medical gear and medicine. That's a lot of fucking medicine. And you know, what it turns out is that a lot of the symptoms that um, Gypsy was experiencing came from all the medicine her mother had her on. Um, something interesting that Gypsy says is she explains about the feeding tube that she had, um, and how you have to replace them, um, every three months or so, which I guess makes sense. They get, um, I, I would assume they collect bacteria pretty easily and maybe that can lead to you getting sick. Um, but there's no anesthesia when they change it. They, you just have to go to the ER and they rip it out and put a new one in, which sounds horrible and she just had to live through that but the thing about that feeding tube 
is that she would eat through there and take certain and take her she could take her meds through there too. And she says she didn't have to be awake for the feeding tube to work. So Dee Dee could put whatever she wanted into Gypsy's body and she wouldn't even know it. I want to repeat that. She could put whatever she wanted into Gypsy's body without even her knowledge. She already doesn't have her consent, obviously. Um, and as a child, as someone, as a minor, your parent is the person that consents on your behalf. But can I suggest something to you guys? If you do have children or if you care for anybody, if you give them medication, particularly children, the reason I'm saying this is because this is who I'm normally giving medication to, that you tell them what it's for, what it is and what you're hoping it will do. It's such a small thing that establishes trust, gives them like an understanding of what's happening, teaches them to ask people, what is this? If someone gives them something because they're used to being told what it is. And I don't like my kids take medicine daily. I don't always, but I do check back in and be like, remember this is for ADHD. Um, the hope is that this will help improve focus and kill and have and give you more time to think about things. And instead of just, they just happen and you don't even know how they happen. And, and like, this isn't going to make you good. Okay. So don't, don't be thinking that you need this to be a good person or anything. Like that's not what this is for. This is so that you have mo the ability to make more choices about what you want to do and what you don't do. You make the choices, not this. Um, I do have conversation with them like that, but even if I'm giving them fucking, NyQuil. I'm like, hey, you're really stuffy and coughing a lot. I'm going to give you this NyQuil. Um, this is so you can probably stop coughing and maybe it also has something to put you to sleep and make you a little sleepy. So it'll make it easier for you to sleep. The more rest you get, the faster you're going to heal and you don't have to wake up, wake yourself up coughing in the middle of the night. It's simple. It's small. And it's such a, it's such an important thing. Make sure you want kids that ask questions. You want kids that if someone says, here, take this, they go, what is this? You want that. Um, I'm not saying that this is like, I, th this is nothing compared to what Didi was doing to Gypsy. But like the idea of like Gypsy, could, uh, Didi could put whatever she wanted in the Gypsy's body and she wouldn't even know. She could just be asleep and do things is uh, stressful and tough and disconcerting to me. Um, so when they go to the doctor, Dee Dee did all the talking. She would make sure Gypsy had a stuffed animal or a doll. She would tell Gypsy to play with that doll, be quiet, stay calm, and do not move your legs. See, Gypsy says that, well, according to the medical records, Dee Dee brought Gypsy to the local hospitals in Missouri because they're not, because they moved to Springfield, Missouri. Uh, Rod says that over the years she would move further and further away Par partially because I guess she writing all these fucking hot checks in Louisiana and also probably to distance herself from anyone that knew them so she could like control the narrative both to people back home and the new people that they meet but in Springfield Missouri Dee Dee brought Gypsy to the local hospitals over 100 times between 2005 and 2014 the doc says that she had many procedures, including gastro, the gastrointestinal operations, eye procedures, and the removal of her 
saliva glands. I I have no words for this. Um, according to Gypsy, she didn't know that she didn't have all these illnesses. Gypsy, all she knew is that she could walk, but she did not know that she didn't have leukemia. She said Didi was telling her that she was giving her cancer meds from a, from a bottle and treating, and that she was shaving her head so that it would be nice and neat and wouldn't just fall out all scraggly. Um, so we get to the first doctor talking and they mention Munchausen by proxy right away. Uh, Munchausen is this, just to like be very simple. It's, it's a it's a disorder where you get yourself, you purposely get yourself sick to seek, to get medical attention. Um, and it's not for the meds, it's for the attention. It's for... Um, the way people treat you when they think you're ill. So you'll hurt yourself. You'll do anything just to keep your keep making yourself sick over and over again. Munchausen by proxy is when you do it to someone else in order to gain attention and love and and you know to be seen or to con people out of Disney trips, whichever one. Part of the doc is the process of trying to present mitigating evidence of the crime. Okay. Um, it's very obvious from the get-go, Gypsy did it. All the evidence, she's no criminal mastermind. She's literally texting, we're going to do a murder tonight. Let's do it. Um, but it's important that we think about why she did it. And, you know, mitigating circumstances are ways to, um, adding context to a crime to make it less heinous. Um, so we see Rod and stepmom Christy and the lawyer going through all the records. And there's evidence that like in the records, there's evidence that Dee Dee was like holding her hands over Gypsy's ears when she would tell them things. When she tell the doctor things. Um, there is a neurologist who doubted the story. And... I guess for the muscular dystrophy. That's what. That's why she taken her to the neurologist. Neurologist. Um, and he just felt like she had too much muscle retention for someone who hadn't walked in nine years, which makes sense, right? Uh, your muscles atrophy when you don't use them. And so he looked at it and he just was like, it looks like she walks every day on these. And he... And also he, he'd seen her bear weight on her legs, which is not something she would be able to do if she had what Dee Dee said she had. And he was able to talk to a previous provider who told him, medical provider, who told him that like straight up, Gypsy does not have muscular dystrophy. And he made a report to the state my understanding he said that it's a rare occurrence when you report things to the state but the thing is is that it's i mean maybe it's rare but he's a isn't he a a required reporter doesn't he have to report child abuse i mean i think that's more of an er doctor has to do shit like that a lot of times with, or maybe a, a family practicing doctor but i i would guess a neurologist maybe doesn't that it's not like a thing that he does all the time. So he, that's why he's saying it's rare. But um, 
he uh he reported he's the way he described it he reported to the state but it's not it's not child abuse the way you would think and even though he believes it's abuse um he put some he put in his notes and made the report and after that there was an 8 year gap from Didi bringing um Gypsy to this hospital and the lawyer thinks that Didi got a copy of the medical records and the doctor's note was in there and that's when she was like he's on to me um so she stopped going there Didi kept uh Gypsy dressed like a child uh she she put her in Siri Cruz clothes. You guys know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Well after being dressed like an American girl doll, basically. And with those American girl doll wigs that she would be putting on and stuff. And uh, she held her hand constantly and squeezed it to tell Gypsy what to say. If Gypsy was saying too much, she'd squeeze her little hand. Be like, shut the fuck up. And she never let anyone be alone with Gypsy. She would... Um, this is where we hear about, like, obviously from the beginning, we realize that there's, that she, that Gypsy has been abused emotionally, medically and all that. But also, um, uh, Gypsy says that her mother would hit her with a coat hanger or slap her and be like, well, you've been bad today. So you get 10 slaps to the face, uh, as a form of punishment. Tough. Everyone describes Gypsy as loving Disney. She gets many, she gets a few, I don't want to say many. She gets a few trips to Disney um, as, you know, organizations that will pay. Disney, listen, I just came from Disney. I have no need to go back at any point. Like, it was fine. It's just like, why would I keep going here all the time? And I understand people that go all the time do their different parks and then like I want to go here I want to do that I felt like I did everything I needed to see in one day and I wasn't there for 18 hours either it was fine but there's some people that really love that and Gypsy really loved Disney stuff um okay so Gypsy starts telling us about how she loves the movie Tangled which is incredibly problematic listen all, <laughs> let me tell you about <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm just saying that like all Disney animated movies uh, tend to um, use anti-Semitic tropes in them. Um, witches are all coded as Jewish. Uh, they, it, it's a thing that, uh, I don't want to be sitting here talking about this forever. Um, it's not my thing to talk about, but look it up. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. And Tangled is probably the worst of them, okay? Um, the Disney movies also, Disney anime movies have a lot of colorism in them as well. Um, if there are black characters, the evil one will be dark skin and the good one will be light skin. They do this, um, they do this with Asian characters as well. Um, the original Mulan, go back. They're uh, not the original Mulan. The animated movie Mulan, all all the good characters have lighter skin. All the bad characters have characters have darker skin. This is this is just an ongoing thing. But particularly in Tangled, Tangled is about a princess with golden hair stolen from. I've seen this movie a billion times because my kids uh, watch it. Um, that's stolen from her wonderful family, 
by a dark-haired woman with a uh, large hook nose mm -hmm, who locks, who steals her and locks her away in the castle and uses her golden hair for herself. And in the end, Rapunzel sticks up for herself and Mother Gothel ends up dying and uh, being thrown out the window. There's a song called Mother Knows Best. Uh, another reason I don't like this movie is because, I mean, all Disney movies, all kids' movies does do this, but anytime someone is adopted, um, a lot of times it's, they if they have a stepmother or they're adopted, the, the person's evil. <laughs> so, and obviously this character has stolen the baby or whatever to use her. But there's a song called Mother's Knows Best where Mother Gothel is singing to Rapunzel about how you don't need to like question me because I'm your mother and I know best and all these things. And, and like at this point, we know she's been kidnapped. We know that from the first. And it's just very like, um, I don't know. It's, it's uh, triggering to watch uh, if you are someone who uh, didn't give birth to your children. So it's very much like, uh, she didn't give birth to you. So therefore she is stolen you. And therefore she's, she's like using, it's, it's a lot of that in there. And also she is coded as a Jewish person. I'm, I'm not making this up guys. I'm really not. And if you know, what Walt Disney like to say and do, <laughs> then you know. Um, but so while Gypsy is like explaining this, I'm like, girl, that's the movie? <laughs> that's the movie? I understand. She felt locked away. Like Rapunzel was locked away in the tower. Fine. But um, yeah, I, as soon as she said Tangled, I was like, oh, girl. <laughs> Listen, it's got some good songs. Um, it's pretty problematic though. Uh I tried, like, here's the thing about Disney movies is that there is no way to get away from Disney movies, especially if you have children, they make child-friendly content. They are, they often make, they're, they're in the business of making diverse child-friendly content. There's no way to get away from Disney. But when I see these, um, bad tropes and, um, you know, Themes of racism, anti-Semitism, um, sexism in these in in these uh, things. When anything we watch, I try to point them out. I try to call them out. I try to say those things. If we're watching, like you know, the kids only watch things that are on that are like on the kids' profile, right? So some so they have access to like old like they watch sister sister they watch um what else do they watch they watch uh whatever the name of that show is that ariana grande and Jeanette mccurdy were, were making um they they watch old shit all the time what's another thing they watch that like i watched as a fucking kid that, that they think is new mm, i think they watch full house sometimes like they really watch old shit and so if they're watching shit from the early 90s, even the early aughts, a lot of times there's a lot of like uh, homophobic messaging in it, right? So there's a lot of like, um, I don't know, 
somebody, uh, some boy wants to, wants to date a girl, but, uh, when he goes in the closet to do seven minutes in heaven, there's another boy in there and it's ew. And then they, and then he like fights him or something like that. Something like that. Like it's okay to, uh, fight someone that's gay and likes you if you're not gay, things like that. I try to call the shit out because I don't, this insidious messaging uh, like I said, we're marinating all this shit every fucking day. We're marinating in it. And uh, all we can really do is be cognizant of what is being trying to be pushed at us and, you know, not identify with that. Um, but yeah, like Tangled. <laughs> Mandy Moore plays Rapunzel, voice acts Rapunzel, and she does have a couple of good songs, Okay. But, ugh, not Tangled Gypsy, not t- this is why you killed your mother. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not blaming Tangled on this. So, Gypsy tells us the first time she ever ran away from home, she doesn't tell us what age this was, was with a friend she met at a sci-fi convention. She doesn't tell us how old this man is, okay? She basically told him what was going on. And he offered her a place to stay. So she got a ride from a stranger hitchhiking and went over to the man, I'm assuming his home in Arkansas from Missouri. She took a bus and within four hours, Didi had found her. Didi threatened to call the cops on the guy, brought her back and smashed her computer with a hammer and told her that if this happened again, she would smash her fingers with a hammer. Um, Gypsy then describes um, a kind of contraption with handcuffs and a dog leash and that was, that was attached to the bed. And she doesn't say particularly that she was, she says, and that's how it was for about two weeks. Um, I do have questions about how this could be set up. Um, because dog leashes are made to be taken on and off. So I, I have questions about that. Um, like why the handcuffs with the dog leash? Like, so when I say I have questions about things, it's not that I'm doubting Gypsy's story. I'm not. But I want more details. And I actually went looking for like a book that had come out. Because that Lori Vallow book <laughs> story, I listened to an audio book that did the driest based on like doing a lot of reading of police reports and shit, just real dry, tons and tons of information based on Freedom of Information Act shit you get when you request stuff. And it was so fucking good. And I know a lot of people will be like, I don't want to listen to a dry audiobook. I feel you. But this, it's the perfect shit to listen to in the background of work. And I just gave a lot of fucking details that none of the docs give you because they need to be, they need, it's a television show. And they don't have the time limit for it. And it's just not the medium for it. So I went looking for someone who had done like a long form Gypsy Rose Blanchard book. And I didn't really find any that weren't like, um, you know, money grabs on Amazon or whatever. But I'll be looking forward to that because I do have a lot of small questions. Like, what exactly are you saying? Because she doesn't say it in the doc. She says it was like that for two weeks. She doesn't say that she was attached to it, that she had a dog collar on, that, like, I, I would like to know more. These are small things. And this is things people get annoyed with me by. Like, for instance, 
on sister wives right now. They keep saying they can't build on Coyote Past until they pay off the land. And I've been listening to other podcasters and some of them mistakenly believe you're not allowed to build on land until you pay it off, which is false. No one, (laughs) you think that the only people building shit bought their property in cash? No, 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 no. What the people aren't saying on the show is that they can't, they don't have any money. That's what they're saying. And I think that's actually the problem, the whole thing. I don't, they don't have any money. They're not as liquid as they would have. I mean, they're buying houses left and right. Every time you see them, they buy a new fucking house. I'm watching old episodes right now. That's the issue. Um, Mr. Curtis doesn't watch TV. He only watches what I'm looking at. And so I'll be in the office. I'll have the TV on um, while I'm working. And old sister wife will play in the background. And he will be livid with Mary. <laughs> he hates Mary. <laughs> He's like, she needs to go. I was like, you and Cody should have lunch sometime. Not. <laughs> But anyway, like, yeah, it's stuff like that. Like, I know it's annoying to, that I have these questions, but I want to see, I want to know how much that RV cost. That RV is nice. Not as nice as, say, a house not on wheels, but it's nice and it's pretty spacious, okay? That's a $100,000 fucking RV right there. That truck that they bought that used to be, um... Cody's brother's truck and his brother's been dead a while and all this stuff. But trucks like that are really fucking expensive and they retain value longer than some other things. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a $30,000 truck. I wouldn't be surprised if he paid $20,000 for it. I wouldn't. I'd like to see the numbers, please. I want to see how much they get paid from sister wives and how they divide it. How do you guys go about this? Is this in the family bank account? The one we're not allowed to go into unless we need a down payment for Robin? Is that that bank account? I have questions. I want to fucking know how much money does Mary lose on that fucking, on that, um, on that bed and breakfast every year? How much does she lose on that? Cause she knows she loses on it, right? That's not a profitable business at all. I would be very shocked. I bet you they make they make tons and tons of money off of fucking um what is that? That thing that I'm TBD on. Cameo. I'm TBD on it. I don't know if it's like tacky or not. I I just I would be embarrassed. I would be embarrassed to receive one of those. That you had to pay someone to say, talk to me. <laughs> And like, for like, I do understand the concept. And I do understand that yes, you do have to pay a stranger, a celebrity stranger, to talk to me. But I don't want anything where you have to pay someone to tell me happy birthday. <laughs> I, I no can't. I'm TBD on it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It feels desperate to me. You, but you guys, I, I'm weird like that. Um. But I know they make a good amount of money on fucking Cameo. Where else does your money come from? Are you on SpawnCon? I don't follow them. I want to know. I want to have an idea of these things. And like, so it can be annoying to watch TV with me. I remember Oliver Hudson had a show with the chick that played Jenna on, not Jenna, Pam. Her name is Jenna. 
Pam on The Office. And they had a show, I forgot what it was called, but they broke, it was a sitcom um, where they were married and broke up. And so what they decided to do was what they called nesting, is that they created a part, an apartment in the, in the, um, a literal casita. Guys, there's another thing about Janelle. You can't, she talking about she building a casita. Baby, you can't have a casita without a casa. A casita is the little house. It's a house and a little house. So you don't have a casita. You just have a sad structure. It's not, mm-mm, no. So, so, um, they were in the casita. Like they made that as an apartment that they switch off on and they'd like spend the one person be a week in the little casita. One be the main house of the children like that. And I remember I was watching it and I just tweeted, I was like, how does this character make money? Like she owns, I think like a pottery studio where people can do like a paint, a coloring mine type shit, which I always think is a front for, uh, you know, uh, cleaning drug money. Cause how the fuck does that make money? Even though I've been to those and I've enjoyed it, but I'm just like, how, this isn't an everyday thing. How do you make money off of this? Um, and I'm not sure what he did. And I wanted to understand how they afforded this craftsman house. I guess they don't have a casita because it's not like a, it's not that style of house. So they, I guess it's a, a guest house. Um, but they had like this craftsman's house with all these tasteful, like I look at shit like that. I look at how that house is decorated. When I was watching the Big Bang Theory, cause I'd never seen this shit before. I was paying attention to the way the rooms were decorated and how every room had a desk and they, and the little tchotchkes they had up there and, and how this apartment looked this way and that apartment looked this way. I caught it when they fucking remodeled. I don't know his name. He's the Jewish one. And it's all he talks about is being Jewish because it's a fucking Chuck Lorre sitcom. Okay. The Indian one only talks about being Indian one. The Jewish one only talks about being Jewish. And the one that is clearly coded, uh, as having autism or being on autism spectrum. However, we're, I, I understand there's a difference where the language is evolving on that. Um, but refuses to admit that. They all talk about their shit. So it's the Jewish one. His house, when his mother died and they, and him and the little one with the glasses moved in there and they remodeled it. Suddenly the front door was in a different place. And like, we can sit here and pretend like, like we're like, oh, we're looking at it from a different angle. You guys got a new fucking set and forgot where the front door was going to be. Now the front door you're saying leads to a fucking kitchen. That's not true. So like, yes, I am motherfucking annoying to all the boys I loved before. I really enjoy that movie. It's such a cozy little movie. I love it. You know, living in Seattle where it rains. I love rain. I love it. And well, she doesn't live in Seattle, maybe, but live in Washington state. And they have a beautiful craftsman type home with the, the front the porch and all that and like just being in her room with all these little decorations and detritus of like what you would have in a room as a as a teenage girl it's all beautiful like sure I pay attention to the story whatever it's camp I me love sure got it but or love don't cost a thing if you're a black person but but 
<laughs> that's a community joke actually but a good one but um i'm paying attention to like her bedspread like how's that like that's interesting where they get that bedspread from she's the type of girl that has this type of bedspread she's very everything's very romantic about her even the little letters that she writes and the cards and things it's I'm, I'm interested in the way this couch is positioned so i get that this is annoying to watch tv with me and to watch documentaries with me but i want to the small details matter the devil's in the fucking details and so i want to be clear i'm not saying that gypsy is making these things up although she could be we don't really know the other person is dead the reason I believe Gypsy is because there is a mountain of evidence that, she, that her mother was uh, medically abusing her. And so to me, it's not a stretch to, um, to, to, to like confining her to the home and all the other things she was doing. That's not a stretch at all. It's not that I don't believe it. It's just that I, I have questions about it. I also have questions about how um dd was playing paying for all this all this medical treatment and my assumption is she was on medicaid right so gypsy's disabled and she got her on like medicaid and also she probably didn't make it she didn't work she probably didn't declare any of the money that she had that she had three to four thousand dollars that they stole from her at the end so like she's got money in there these are probably from donations um uh She's got a Habitat for Humanity house. So there is no mortgage on that house. You do need to pay taxes though. I have a, my aunt that, one of my aunts that recently passed had a Habitat for Humanity house. And um, they essentially built the house for you. It's small. It's, it's no, it's no frills or whatever, but it is a home. And that's amazing. Um, and there, it's free. So. She doesn't have that. So I'm, I'm assuming that the that, that, that gypsy's on Medicaid of some sort. Also, because she was telling people she'd gotten people to convince, she's convinced people she was developmentally disabled. Um, that makes her actually eligible for certain things. By the way, um, Liz is doing a rewatch of old Teen Mom 2 uh, episodes. And in it, she was talking about a scene where Leah tells Corey that Allie has to start school, but Aaliyah or Gracie, whichever one, I don't know what she was going by at the time, um, isn't going to. And he was like, what do you mean? That doesn't make any sense. Here's what it makes sense. They're four years old. Um, Pre-K is not free, okay? Unless you have some criteria. And, and one of them is that like uh being a foster kid get you in there um having a language of first language other than english gets you in there it's people who need early learning they need a little extra and i think that they got Allie in there based on uh the fact that she'd had all these delays and they're medically proved they're like they have tons of like she's 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 actually in physical therapy at the time and I think that's how she got her there. And I think that that's how that worked. And I think, you know, Leah doesn't write anything down. She doesn't listen. She's like my husband going to the fucking doctor. But so she gets about 
30% of what you're saying and then relays that in a really weird way. And I'm sure her physical therapist or her social worker, her caseworker, whoever told Leah this was like, you need to get her started. Cause remember, they don't know if it's in her brain at this point, right? They don't, they, they really, they have no idea, but she is having issues walking and physical other things. And I'm sure they said that she's eligible to go to pre-K, um, for free. And, uh, you probably want to get her started working on things now because she's going to need a little extra help. And Gracie doesn't have any of those things. So she's not eligible. Um, I think that's what that is. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that they're on Medicaid. Otherwise, you don't just go to, to a neurologist, right? And, and and pay cash. I don't. And she doesn't work anywhere, so she doesn't have insurance. Rod looks like he works like on a lake somewhere. <laughs> Rod goes into the swamps and shoots like shoots gators. I don't know. I don't think he has health insurance. So that's, this is all very interesting. And so all these visits that she's having, she's committing Medicaid fraud. Um, she's not declaring money she's, she's getting probably. Uh, they probably got it. They probably got Medicaid cause she's so poor. I think that's what they got it from. Um, but she's probably not declaring money. Uh, people are donating things. People are giving them trips. Um, I want to know more about the things they got. People buy them groceries. People offered, um, they got a van for her in her wheelchair. I'm pretty sure that was donated. I want to know more about that side of it. Like, because to be honest, I'm not going to sit here and say that Didi, I think Didi's motivation was the con, was getting the money and stuff like that. I don't think that was, I don't think, going to Disney, I don't free, I don't think that was, that was the motivation. I really think it was the attention, the specialness, the, at some point we see, ugh, knowing what you know now that there's nothing wrong with Gypsy. So at some point we see, um, Didi getting some sort of award, some sort of award for being the mother of a special needs child, apparently. And they roll Gypsy up there, maybe Gypsy rolls herself up, but she rolls on up to that fucking stage and she is dressed like some of that shit is uh, pageant clothes for like a toddler. My daughter's going to be 10 on Saturday. Even if Gypsy was 10 and that the sh what she is wearing is not age appropriate in any way, shape or form. She's got a little crown on and then they have Gypsy sing to Didi who Gypsy's not a great singer. I mean, she's not bad. I mean, she's not, I don't know. She wasn't like American Idol tryout bad. Guys, I've never seen a full episode of American Idol. And the reason I, I can never get into it is because at the beginning of every season, they go from city to city auditioning people. Some people make it, some people don't. But what they always have is a bunch of people who, some of which are developmentally disabled. Some of them have other reasons, other cognitive disabilities, and who are up there singing and performing badly. And 
the joke is, ha ha, look at this fucking loser. And I am well aware that a lot of those people thought that everyone's laughing with them and not at them. And that is not true. And so I could never, there's no way, there's no way I could get through that. There's no way I could watch that. And so that's why I've never really seen American Idol. But the way Gypsy is singing there is very much a let's put this fucking freak on TV for the first couple of weeks of auditions on American Idol so we can laugh. Wow, look at this kook. Um, so she's singing. And then at the end, Dee Dee says the reason that she was put on earth was to be uh, Gypsy's mama. That's the reason she exists, is to be Gypsy's mother. And the whole thing is so fucking gross. So gross, the fact that they're giving her an award, the fact that they've trotted out Gypsy to do this bit, um, the fact that she's infantilized right there. Uh, she's sitting in a wheelchair we know she doesn't need. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's real gross. It's unsettling. I just finished watching The End of the Vow um, to yesterday. Yesterday? Today, this morning I finished it. I don't fucking remember. I don't even know what day it is. Uh, but I finished it. And the last part, the last two episodes are so fucking uncomfortable. Like, obviously I know this man's evil. Obviously I know these things. Obviously I know he's done a lot of terrible things. But some of the shit in the last two episodes of The Vow, season two, is... So uncomfortable, so sad, so gross, so avoidable, you know? Like, do it goes without saying that it's really important that you are an active participant in your children's lives. Even as they become teenagers, yes, you're not going to be their entire lives, but you have to be an active participant because... It's, it's just really important. And I'm really fortunate nothing bad happened to me while my parents basically moved out of my house on the, uh, during my senior year. I think it was my junior and senior year. Yeah, I think it was the end of junior year. But they basically just were like, deuces, we got a new duty station, you stay here. I'm really fortunate. I'm looking at you, Alabama Barker. I told Liz the other day that I am going to make that like I'm waiting quietly for Alabama Barker's memoir that's going to come out in 20 maybe even 30 years um where she has a chapter about how Chris Brown came and picked her up from middle school and took her to smoke PCP on a Thursday afternoon I believe it's going to be it's going to rock our world much like Mackenzie Phillips did but it's not going to have incest in it. I don't think there's going to be any incest. But I think it's going to be like, oh, shit. This was happening. Yeah, this was happening. Right on everybody's noses. Did you see them picture? Never mind. I'm not. Because I think I think when I talk about Alabama Barker, who, by the way, I would not even know was doing this if it weren't for the Facebook groups I was in, the fact that people keep the people keep making sure I know about it. I wouldn't know because I, why the fuck would I be following Alabama Barker? But 
I don't like talking about her because it makes it seem like I'm blaming her. Like I'm like, Alabama Barker is dressed like, I mean, honestly, she was dressed like an extra from Showgirls for her birthday. Really? I don't know. What was she, is she like 14? Is she like 15? It's, it's horrendous. And like her special guest was Bad Baby. Catch me outside. How about that? That girl? And, and I don't want, I'm not blaming her for any of this. I blame Travis Barker and I blame Shayna and I blame Travis more because Shayna probably didn't even know where, where Alabama lives. She probably, she probably knows about the neighborhood, but she has to ride around. And she has to call them to figure out where they are. Shayna checked out a long time ago. Fuck her. Like definitely fuck her. But Travis, what the fuck are we doing here? What are we doing? This is terrible. And so like, I don't, I don't like to talk about her because it seems like I'm being like, Alabama did this. Alabama's bad. Alabama, Alabama should be ashamed of herself. Alabama, like when we talk about sexualizing children and stuff, a lot of times we talk about it in a shameful way. Like, how dare you? Because the truth is being, I think she's 14. Being 14 or 15 years old and wanting to wear a really sexy dress to your birthday party is totally normal. That's, of course you want to. Of course you do. Why wouldn't you? All your favorite people uh, wear sexy dresses with cutouts along the side on the hips and stuff. Your mother was uh, in Playboy for a bunch of times. Um, Your dad's married to a Kardashian. And just like, you're on the internet right now. And of course you, you're like, yeah, hell fucking yeah. I want to look, I want to look sexy as fuck. But there, the reason, the reason parents exist is that you are to, you're to, to be there to be like, okay, I know you look banging in that. <laughs> this is exactly what I fucking say to my kid. The one to like, I don't know. It's probably gonna be Cheeks who wants to wear jockstrap to his sweet 16. And I'm like, listen, do I think you're going to be cute in that? Fuck yeah. You're fucking so cute. This is great. This is look. This almost looks too good on you. I'm afraid the military is gonna come and take you away from me because you're a bomb, bitch. <laughs> I'm so fucking horny. But, like, <laughs> but I would be like, but here's the deal. Um, you have all your life to have hip cutouts, and it's just not really appropriate for your age and for what we're doing. It's just not appropriate. And I want to look back at this time and I want to see you in something that you look amazing in, that you feel good in. That's also appropriate for the situation, but good try. Uh, Keep bookmark that when you turn 18, feel free to buy that. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I talk about it. And, and the way I do it is I be like, and, and you know, and maybe I can't keep you from wearing this dress, but I'm not going to buy it for you. And I'm not going to allow you to come to this party I paid for in it. So let's make some other choices. Let's find something else. This is how I talk about it. Maybe we'd have a fight about it. And maybe we wouldn't. And maybe they just call me a bitch underneath their breath in the car. Fine. But this is like. You have to have the spirit of discernment when you are a parent. (laughs) You have to. Being a curator 
of things means that you have to say no sometimes. Being a parent, guiding things means you have to say no to things. It can't be yes to everything. Yeah, so like, why am I talking about that? Oh, I'm talking about how grossed out I felt watching uh, Gypsy Rose on that fucking stage, looking like an American Girl doll, um, singing off key as people politely clapped. And then Dee Dee, who is absolutely abusing this child all day, every day, sneaking meds into her and all kinds of shit when she's asleep, goes, I was born to be your mama. Yeah. Gave me the grossest fucking feelings. Um, so at some point, Dee Dee got, you know, after this first running away, Dee Dee got paperwork saying, got a lawyer to drop paperwork saying that uh, Gypsy was incompetent due to her um, cognitive disabilities. And I don't know if I'm using that right. I'm trying, I'm trying to be specific in how I'm saying things, right? Um, I don't think it's important. Like language isn't about like distorting things, distorting things. It's about being saying what we mean. And yes, in the doc, they say the R word all the time, but I'm trying to like, forgive me if I'm not using the correct words, but I'm trying to like saying, say what I mean. Um, but the, she got paperwork saying that she was incompetent, couldn't care for herself. And, you know, she was very afraid to call the police or say anything because she felt like anyone won't show up. And Didi would be like, here, look at this paperwork. She doesn't know what she's saying. And, and someone did call the police and report a, that Dee Dee was being abused and, you know, I mean, Gypsy was being abused and Dee Dee comes out doing her thing and they leave. This is another thing. People think that you call in a report that someone's being abused and they ride on over and be like, let me get these kids out of here right now. It is, it's both hard and easy to get your kids taken away. hard and easy at the same time and a lot of times they do come away from a situation where they're like oh it doesn't look like abuse a lot of times they barely investigate then other times uh they do things they have no business doing it's it's tough it's fucking tough but yeah yeah uh this is one of the reasons why i say like i mean obviously I'm not still a mandatory reporter anymore because I'm not licensed anymore. But obviously if, if I had to, I would, but like, it's not the be all end all. A lot of things happen where they just leave the house. They're like, Oh, okay. You say they're okay. Great. I, do you guys remember when Janelle and David are getting all those calls about the kids and we actually see them being filmed where someone from CPS um, comes and I don't know if that's CPS filming. I think it was, was the police filming? I don't know. Was it a body cam? I'm not sure. I don't think it was the show. And when they open the door, they're like, hi, we're here to talk. We're here to check on the kids of these minor children, blah, blah, blah. David just starts yelling. They're at school. They're at school. Go see them there and closes the door. Yo, <laughs> that dude scares the fuck out of me. Um, so basically at this point, Gypsy is convinced she's tried to escape. Nothing's working. She's very angry at the world. Um, 
And at this time is when she meets Nick. Uh, Go John. It's spelled. Is it Good John or Go John? I'm not sure. It's spelled in a way that makes me second guess myself. Sorry guys, it's late. I apologize. Um, um, she meets Nicholas on a Christian dating website. I had questions about how Gypsy was able to meet anyone. But apparently Dee Dee went to sleep early and if Gypsy could stay up, by the way, at some point in her sentencing, they asked her about her, her education. Gypsy has a second grade education. Abuse. Um, so, um, you know, uh, she goes, I'm, I'm thinking about like how Gypsy never got up early to go to school. Like she probably stayed up all fucking night. Um, so Dee Dee would go to bed early and Gypsy would sneak and get on the internet. And that's how she got on these Christian dating sites and different things like that. Um, that's how she would text with people, but she wasn't really texting with people. She was doing Facebook messenger. I don't think she had a phone. Um, so she meets Nicholas on there and, uh, listen, Nicholas later in interviews, Nicholas's mother says he'd been diagnosed with autism and, and, um, in elementary school, they they use the word Asperger's. I don't know if they really mean Asperger's or if they're, they just want to say high-functioning uh, autism. Uh, in later interviews, he talks about how, he'd be, how he had been in the special education um, rooms in school for all of school and that he he did the best in there because he was, he was the best-functioning one in there. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, by the way... One of the the rights that students have is that they get the most inclusive schooling they can possibly have. So instead of removing them from their general classroom to go to special education, if they don't have to be, they shouldn't have to be. And it's really hard for like, but not everybody knows that. And I can imagine, I mean, just, just looking at her mannerisms and shit and watching her on the interview, I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I, I can imagine his stepmom had a lot of other things to worry about and maybe didn't know that like, hey, uh, there are ways you could be advocating for your son. Um, she, But she does say that her doctor says that the last doctor told her that Nick would be 15 or 16 emotionally and, and intelligence and, and forever. Um, also he's already a sex offender. Maybe I shouldn't say sex offender. No, I'm gonna say sex offender because sex offender doesn't just mean against children. Um, because he was arrested in 2013 for watching porn in a McDonald's and masturbating for nine motherfucking hours. Now I want to talk. Okay. Let's talk guys. Why? Did they allow him to be there for nine hours doing that? What happened? Can I see the police reports? I want to read the police report because I want to know why at hour one. That's a shift change. Nine hours of shift change. McDonald's don't let you work full time no more. They keep everybody at part time so they don't have to insure them. 
just under part-time. Like nobody's getting full-time hours. Um, so a shift change happened in that time. You, why did, why did it take nine hours? I also know that McDonald's and like a Panera Bread, there are lots of places that are very easy for unhoused people to hang out at. Okay. Um, if I was unhoused, I would spend a lot of time walking around Target, probably stealing. I would, I would, um, hang out in McDonald's lobbies because nobody really bothers you. And if someone's like, you gotta buy something, you can easily get something from the dollar menu and then like do that. Um, so maybe that's what, maybe they're at a McDonald's where people on the house, people do hang out all the time. So it wasn't that noticeable that he was there for nine hours, but according to Nick, he was just scratching himself the entire time when he was looking at porn. I don't believe that. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, cool. Um, oh, he had a large knife with him too. So he got a weapon charge at the same time. Yeah, Sure. So Nick starts talking about, like, at first it's very like, where would you want to live? What happened if you got married? Da, 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 da. And then it starts getting into BDSM where he's talking about that. And Gypsy says she didn't know what that was. So she looked it up. And the money I would pay to be sitting next to Gypsy Rose Blanchard, second grade education, completely sheltered, not allowed to go anywhere without her mother, constantly infantilized, constantly aged down hold your doll while we talk to the doctor, you know, that sort of thing. The amount of money I would give to be sitting next to her when she Googled BDSM and got those Google search results. It's not funny, but it is very funny. I just imagine her eyes being like, what now? What? <laughs> Wait a fucking second. <laughs> he wants to do what to me? But um, she says that she eventually went along with it because she was raised to believe that um, women should be submissive to men. Not That's not surprising to me at all that that's how she was raised. And so she was able to like, it wasn't, it doesn't sound that crazy. Um, they show us all these Facebook posts from um, his sec- her secret account where she was friends with him and on Facebook. And they're sharing, commenting on these, like, so, uh, it would be like going to deviant art. You know how, like, the, the people will do, like, illustrations of Disney characters, except they'll make them spicy. Like, uh, the clothes will be see-through, you can see their ass or whatever. Or, like, Beast is really fucking Belle as a beast. You know, shit like that. They, they'd be commenting on them, be like, this is us. And this <laughs> I'm sorry. This is not fucking funny, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's on par for where Gypsy was at age wise. And we all like dealt with some like dude that used to think he was a vampire and, uh, just wanted to be special. So, so everything was other, they other themselves constantly. Um, So, anyway, um, like I said, she decides to go along with it. Um, you can see all these posts on Facebook where she's writing about submitting to her master. And I want to, there's something I want to talk about right now. Uh, Gypsy, 
seem to have many, many photo shoots uh, or uh, glamour shots sort of photo shoots. I'm sure she didn't go down to an actual glamour shots. I can't believe a glamour shots was still around. But she did, she's lots of pictures of her in which she is wearing some sort of princess costume. Some of them appear to be a Disney, so that makes a lot of sense. She's wearing like a Cinderella type costume and a Party City wig and American Girl doll hair piece. And listen, the photos are wild. And they just throw them up on the screen. Don't even give you any kind of uh, um, a notification that you're about to see. And like her eyes are peeping out from it. She's got these b- real dark uh, little like. <sighs> I want to say rodent eyes, but not in the like. I'm not saying I'm not calling her a rodent or like saying she's ugly or anything. I'm talking about the fact that her eyes are like beady, real small beady and and she's always smiling really big with her teeth that are very uh they're coming out like and then she's got this plastic wig on and like a costume okay every time one of these gets on there I have to I have to stifle a giggle because they're ridiculous and it's interesting that Didi but you know what we saw Didi at a cotillion when she was younger they had a video of her and that's interesting so maybe Dee Dee was really into a toddlers and tiara type situation. Maybe that maybe that's fine. Putting on like a Goldilocks wig and uh, and some clothes and dress up in that way was fine in Dee Dee's eyes, as long as you didn't tell anybody you could walk. So what I find what really sent me is that on all these posts where she's like. Take me beast daddy or whatever the fuck she's saying. Talking about how she's learning to be a master. How she's learning to be a slave and all these different things. Um, The profile pic is one of her in this fucking Party City Goldilocks wig. (laughs) In one of these shoots. And she's like looking startled at the camera. And like, oh my god. (laughs) That sent me. Go back and look at the... Go back and look at the shit. It's, and I'm and listen, these are recreations. So I'm sure they're not we're not actually looking at the Facebook post or whatever. This might this might that might not have been what her profile pick was. This might be an editing choice. But either way, sent me. Um So eventually his ex message Gypsy and says, Um, this dude is bonkers. He thinks he's a vampire, he's in the weird sex shit. And Gypsy just admitted at her being jealous, but later figured out mm, it was all true. <sighs> Most of the relationship was online role play. She would do with him while her mother was asleep. Like I said, a year into the relationship, Gypsy finally tells Nick everything about her mother and her life. And she's been doing a lot of lying up until then. Now, something I want to say. An article, a news articles I read after this, and not to say a news article can't get something wrong. They said that Gypsy and Nick were seeing were seeing each other for three years before the murder. So that means it's a he tells her in a year, she tells him in a year, and they do two years before they kill her. Um 
you know, according to Gypsy, he said he would protect her from anybody. She said, anybody, even my mom, and it developed from there. Nick says straight out, she asked him to kill his mom, her mom. They called it the plan B. It was just an option that they had. And, you know, if they didn't figure out anything else, they use it as plan B, the option. They, they finally meet in person at a movie theater. They're going to see the live action Cinderella. There is so much fucking Disney in this documentary. They go on to see the live action Cinderella. She pays for his ticket. It's hinky how she gets money. I'm like, I'm, she pays for some other things. I'm like, how did you get the money for this? Huh? Are you stealing like cash from your mom? How are you giving it to Nick? Like, are you Venmoing it? Does Facebook, did Facebook have a payment function at this point? So you have to have a Venmo account or a PayPal account maybe? How are you giving Apple Pay? How are you doing this? And how are you doing without your mother's knowledge? Because she seems like she wouldn't give you access to money. So I'm more, to me, it seems more likely that you would steal cash from her than that you would have like a debit card that you could use to do things. And she, that, you see what I'm saying? That makes, that makes a lot more sense in the way she was controlling of things. But I don't know. I'd like, I, I, again, this is why it's annoying to watch TV with me. I want to know, how did she give him the money? Because she bought him a ticket. Um, And what she said, decided, was that at the movie, her and her mom were going to go to the movie. And that he would go to the movie. And that they would kind of meet there. And, because she couldn't say she already knew him. Because she wasn't supposed to be on the internet. She wasn't, she hadn't been any, like, every time she went anywhere, it was with Didi. So, he wasn't at any of the, um... Scamming for Jesus meetings that they were going to or whatever the fuck. And so she's like, no, we're going to act like we're being there. Dee Dee hates this man on site. Mostly because she's like, he's at a kid's movie with no girlfriend or no kid or anything like that. That's suspect. And suddenly you guys are no, like, obviously. Um, And also Dee Dee, it takes a weirdo to know a weirdo. You know what I mean? So um, this is another thing I find hinky. Nicholas says that at this movie theater, Gypsy pulled him into, because she wanted to have sex with him, pulled him into the boys' bathroom and they had sex there. And then they went back and finished watching Cinderella. Question, how did Gypsy get to go to the bathroom by herself? Dee Dee doesn't let her go places by herself. So what changed then that she was just like, just go into the bathroom. And Dee Dee was like, yep, go wander by yourself in your wheelchair. And she pulled you, she pulled you into the boys room in your, in her wheelchair. I'm not saying it's not possible. But what? At this point, she know, he knows the secret, right? So she just does she just stand up and they do it? Or they, do they do it in the chair? Details, I want these details. I want to understand it because the thing is, I'm trying to picture it. I'm trying to picture Gypsy and Nick having sex in a bathroom. Was it a handicapped bathroom? You know, they have sometimes they have separate bathrooms. Um, they have family bathrooms a lot of places. You know, for when your fucking five-year-old has to pee every five minutes. Ask me how I know about that. And 
you know, you don't want to leave your kid. So it's a really large bathroom. Um, are they in there? And it's usually handicap accessible. So, um, there's like lots of room in there. Um, is that where they went? I'm trying to picture this while Dee Dee is watching Cinderella. She just let, okay. With the strange dude they just met. How do you, how do you, organ Gypsy, see Gypsy isn't good at plans. And we know that, we know that from this whole fucking thing. But Gypsy really isn't good at plans. Because how the fuck do you organically meet somebody in a movie theater? Not like you see someone you know, you're like, hey, and you like, you know. I mean, like, how the fuck do you go to a movie theater and make a friend? She said no one was in the theater besides them. <laughs> it was pretty much empty and he was there with no one. And I'm sure he was staring at them the whole time. Like, <laughs> this is such a bad plan. So, after this, Gypsy's fully in. So I don't know if this happened in a year. Or I don't know if this is three years in. I don't know what. But... She messages Nick to tell him she's 100,000% in. She paid for him to get a bus over, because he's in Wisconsin, over to Missouri. She also paid for that movie ticket. How? <laughs> so he came. They went to the grocery store. Then he went off somewhere and she, and she went home. Didi goes to bed. How did she get to the grocery store? How is that possible? How was she allowed to leave? Was she was Didi already asleep when she went to the grocery store? There's a there's some there's some missing information. She's up late texting him and warning him that the door is squeaky, but she spells it S K W E E K Y, and I die thinking of her being so cutesy and young and and while well, plotting a murder. Like we're about to do the murder. She texts him, I'll hand you the the knife and the duct tape when you get inside, darling. She messages him, I'm doing my nails right now to a dark pink. These messages, dude. Gypsy also tells us that she and uh, Dee Dee were actually having a um, pretty good relationship at the time. That a lot of the like really bad stuff was, was kind of falling away and that her mother said to her, I'm starting to get relaxed again. So don't hurt me. Meaning basically I'm, I'm going to start relaxing up on you. So don't, don't like, don't be running away and doing stuff that's going to hurt my feelings. Uh, Gypsy says the last words uh, Didi says were don't hurt me to her. And I believe her because she has no reason to lie about that. I'm not sure when her interview was taped. I kind of tried to do timelines based on Gypsy's hair because as she, after she gets arrested, her hair starts to grow. They stop shaving it. And in the the one-on-one interview portion of hers, her hair's gotten, it's gotten some length to it. And in most of the first parts of the footage, her hair's still very short. Um, but I think at the sentencing, um, her hair's a little length. So I wonder if it was after she was sentenced. I have to believe her lawyer prepped her to fucking high hell on this. And so, like, what lawyer wouldn't? Like, she did. So, when she says, my mother's last words to me were, don't hurt me. 
and starts to cry. I know someone that that's that if that was not if it wasn't true, there's no reason to say that because it doesn't make her look better. You know? Um, so she lets Nick in and Nick stabs Dee Dee to death. Dee Dee screams, she called Gypsy's name. I thought for some reason I thought that that they slept in the same bed and it was like one big room, but I I think maybe Gypsy had her own room because she said she was in the other room when this happened. She could hear it. She wasn't there. Um, the crime scene photos they show are rough, rough guys. Um, and I watch a lot of dark shit. I see a lot of dark shit. Those, those, those were tough. Um, Nick had told, had said that after Dee Dee was dead, he wanted to rape her. And they keep saying the word, Gypsy can be saying rape, but, uh, you don't rape a dead body. There, there, there's no way for a dead body to consent. Then she said that she didn't want that to happen to her mom after she died. She was fine with the stabbing, but not necrophilia. And she said that she was going to allow Nick to rape her instead, which I don't know if I actually believe this. I think they literally, I think they had sex because Nick seems very confused about when, when his, when the officer interviewing him is like, so did you put the, did, did you put your penis anywhere on, on the dead body? Did you lick it? Did you put your penis in the mouth in, in the dead body's mouth? Did you spit on it? Like just a lot. Uh, he seems very confused. I actually don't think this is true. I think she offered to have sex with him afterwards and they did. And he said it wasn't very pleasurable. I'm like, yeah, because there was a dead body in the other room. You just murdered someone brutally. This is not like an accident. You actually hit the knife in the exact right place to kill her. You, you fucking killed her. Um, so they get a taxi, they go to a hotel, they film each other in the bed joking, just the way, like, oh, we see all these, the reason we have all these pictures in home movies is that Didi filmed them all the time, joking and doing different things, and it's just the same, except it's now it's with Nick. Uh, they took a bus to Wisconsin, and like, she said she wasn't thinking of her mother, she was thinking of the fact that she felt free, like a little bluebird in a, in a Cinderella pic. And the video of in in the bus station in that fucking wig, she looks positively ecstatic to be walking. They go back to his mom and stepdad's house in Wisconsin, where they agree to let this little weird the the her or the stepmom the mom and the stepdad agree to let this little wig wearing little elf, this weird little person, come stay. Apparently, they were told that. Uh, her mother had put her out and she was in a homeless shelter. And so they were like, yeah, she can say. Um, by the way, the reason I know this is because the doc is showing uh, surveillance, not surveillance. Surveillance isn't the right word. But like all the interview rooms are set up with like cameras to record what's happening. Uh, mostly that makes better cases and everything. But don't don't think they don't turn that shit off sometimes and, and do what they do. But so I'm watching these interviews being taken with the stepmom, with the mom and the stepdad. I'm sorry, there's so many stepmoms in the fucking story. With the mom and the stepdad of Nick. 
Nick's being interviewed next to a child. That's a child. They blurred the person, that child's face out. I'm like, you're asking about this st- shit. Why is that kid sitting there? At the very least, someone should, they should, well, I was just about to say, they should have offered to have an officer there uh, watch the kid outside, but I wouldn't send my kid off with an officer either. No way fucking Jose. I don't know what you guys are going to do or say or get this kid to say. So no. But um, it's in, in these interviews that we find out that they mailed the murder weapon to, to themselves from Gypsy's house to the house in Wisconsin. Uh, they also kind of imply, they're talking about this murder weapon that they, and they found it in, in um, Nick's parents' house. They also kind of imply that Nick, that uh, they also mailed three or $4,000 they sold, they stole from um, Didi. I mean, they keep saying stole, but I mean, Didi stole that shit, so... Don't, don't try to make me feel bad, <laughs> so, but, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to feel bad about that, but, um, they kind of implied it was mail, but I was like, why would they mail that? They're going on the bus. They don't have to go through, uh, I mean, they don't have, uh, security on buses the way they do on planes. You don't have to declare your, your three or $4,000 you have in your backpack on a bus. Um, not sure about that. I'm a little confused there. Gypsy says she didn't kill her mom or help. That, that's what she said. Uh, Nick says he only did it because she asked. His mom is convinced that Nick is a quiet guy who got manipulated. Um, now, if this was an SVU episode or even a good wife case, okay? This is the part where we find out that Gypsy definitely manipulated. That she'd been online trying to get somebody to kill her mother for two years. That... Uh, she was actually in on the con. It was her idea to get in the wheelchair. And, and her mother wasn't splitting the money with it, so she decided to kill her. That's what we find out at this point in the story. This is the third act. This is what we find out. Uh, Ice-T will come in the room and be like, what's a sex crime? Even though I've apparently been on the sex crime unit for 30 years. And then Munch, I don't know his real name. I do like him though. Uh, Munch will come in and be like, a sex crime is, and he describe all this stuff, and then he uh, say, but the government's listening to us. That, and then, you know, uh, Mariska Hardigay would come in and breathe a lot and look into this distance, put her hands in her in her, in her her uh, suit pants pocket, uh, depending on what era of haircut, maybe like flip a little wisp out of her hair. I, my favorite is when she's short hair, she looks so fucking good. She's got a great face. Um, and you know, Elliot would come in and beat somebody up. Definitely commit, uh, some police brutality. Definitely, um, uh, plant evidence on somebody. <laughs> Definitely get your daughter out of her DWI. That's what she'd be, he'd be over there planting evidence or something. That's what would happen if this was the third act of an SVU episode. But I'm not. And I'm, I'm sure there are people that, that think that. I'm, I'm sure in like five years there's going to be a doc coming out being like, uh, Gypsy Rose, the true killer. But I don't know. This isn't, 
SVU. This isn't elementary. This isn't... Uh, elementary had an episode where they rescued a guy that had been kidnapped as a kid. And over the years, he realized he had like taken control of the kidnapper and done a master slave type thing and convinced this is this is this is like uh completely uh like a send up of not a send up like kind of based on the I know my first name is Steven guy but like then he started sending out the kidnapper to kidnap other little boys and like torturing them and killing them and burying them places and the th- the issue is is that because he was the it comes off as he was kidnapped and he was being forced to do this by the kidnapper. But it turns out he was a driving force and they gave him immunity for every single criminal act he committed with the guy. So he would testify against them. But then Sherlock was able to pinpoint a time when the boy had acted without the guy and he's not, he's not immune from that. From those things, because the guy had had like back surgery or something like that. Um, yeah, and, and the guy actually ends up going to jail because that's what Sherlock does. Anyway, this is the type of story we get. But like, I don't know. This isn't Sherlock. This isn't CSI. This isn't Criminal Minds, man. So the first sign that something is wrong to the outside world was that Facebook post that Gypsy actually posted. She posted, the bitch is dead. I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet daughter. She, her scream was so loud, LOL. And this, she posted this on a Facebook page that, a Facebook profile that she and her mother shared together. And they kind of knew, like I said, they kind of knew it was Gypsy from the very fucking start. Like it's, 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 it's quite obvious. Like I said, they're literally texting, let's do a murder now. They are, it's, it's obvious. And when she gets arrested, the shocking part is that she's walking. Cause again, remember, nobody knows she can walk besides Dee Dee. She ends up calling from prison, her father and stepmother. And Christy says that like, when she first was talking to her before they got to court or anything, when she first got arrested, it was all like, I don't know what happened. It's complicated. I did not do this. Uh, they're, they've got it all wrong. And then they get to court and they've got all the text messages, the Facebook messengers, actually. Um, and it's quite clear she did do this. Maybe she didn't do the stabbing. That's, that's still up in the air. But it is quite clear that this, I don't know what happened, is not, is not true. Um, they charge her with first degree murder, which is like, for first degree murder, you have to knowingly intend kill someone and tend to do so after some deliberation. Like you have to know you're going to kill them. You have to have had time to think about it and carry out this plan. It's kind of like a plan and then carry out thing. And you know, Rod says what everybody knows is that they obviously did it. The question is, why did they do it? Um, what happens is they use those mitigating circumstances, like the fraud, the medical, the, the intense medical abuse. And she was a small fucking child. Um, she basically made her sick so she could take her to the doctor. Like just 
they use that as mitigating circumstances on the crime. And that gets, so the prosecution is willing to let her plead to second degree murder, which, how do they find, you know what? Let me look this up because they didn't define second degree murder for me in the docket. Let me just make sure I get it right. I guess like, I'm back. I guess the real difference is that it's like intentional killing, but the premeditation isn't the same. And it's more about like, like maybe you intended to harm someone, but maybe not kill them. And they also talk about like grave indifference to human life and things like that. And maybe the reason they justify this second degree murder is because, I mean, like Gypsy says, it's not an excuse, but she was on a ton of medication and the Xanax alone, the Xanax alone made her stop feeling things. And okay, like I'm fine with it. I don't care. I really don't. I feel like, and I think anybody else who, I don't think there's anybody that's like, oh my God, she killed her mother. How dare she? I really do think that most people who watch this doc or know the news story, maybe the people local who know the news story, news story. Most people who watch this doc are like, yeah, that's fine. It's fine that she killed her. I mean, she shouldn't have, but like, what else was she going to do? And I feel that way too. I, I really don't care that she only got 10 years. She gets 10 years. Um, she can get parole in eight and a half. Um, and that's pretty much where the doc ends. Well, the doc ends with Rod and Christy, dad and stepmom, getting a full contact visit with Gypsy for the first time since she's been arrested. And it's not in the prison. It's in the courthouse. So like, I think this is something the judge put together and or allowed you know, she's gaining weight. She's got her food. She's got her uh, feeding tube out. And that's healing up. You know, she's just really grateful she didn't get life in prison. She's happy that she was, she was able to plead to the 10 years. She definitely did it. And there's no, there's no way. There's no way you were going to get out of that. And she had decided that she would commit suicide if she got life in prison. She wasn't going to go through it. She's happy now. And, you know, her father's like, you know, he's hugging her and stuff and, and it's, it's really bittersweet. And he's telling her that when she gets out, she can, she can be as young as 32 when she gets out, she'll still be young and she can handle this. And, and her stepmother's telling her to be an example, be good. And she's like, I'll be a good girl. And I was like, this is the type of shit she would say to Didi. I'll be a good girl. (laughs) And like to keep Didi from like chaining her to a fucking bed. Um, Yeah, uh, so that's how it pretty much ends, is this visit. I tried to look up, like, where it gone to. Uh, it looks like she'll be eligible for parole in 2023. A lot of people think, some of the articles were saying 2024, but they're not taking into account that she was locked up for a year while she stood trial, and she gets a time served for that. So it probably is going to be 2023 when she can get out for parole, when she can go up for parole, going up for parole does not guarantee that she'll be released. My uh, biological father has been going up for parole since I was 16 years old and has been denied, 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 denied. Um, but I think Gypsy Rose is the, the type of crime she committed was very much like, um, situation specific. I bet she's been a very good girl in prison. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if she gets released next year, maybe the year after that. Um, so this came out in 2017. Nick hadn't gone to trial yet, but in 2017, he went, he went to trial and pleaded not guilty, got convicted. I, who told him to plead not guilty? 
who fucking told him to plead not guilty? Um, they really should have been, I don't, he's doing, he did an appeal based on like improper representation or like, uh, what is it? His representation wasn't good enough or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, make that fucking appeal because they should have been trying desperately to get you a plea deal because he got, he got convicted and got sentenced to life in prison. I also tried to look up whether Gypsy Rose testified against Nick at his trial because he went to a full trial. That's interesting. Because that can be brought up in her parole hearing like I tried to, you know, help and do that. I don't know. It's it's hard. Um, some of the stuff that I was looking at, I was like, it wasn't clear. But it would only make sense if she did. Like, I'd be very surprised if she didn't. Um... You know, uh, there's been some reports lately that uh, she's been dating many men while inside prison. I think the word many is used there on purpose because, you know, what's the thing you want to do if you want to, if you want to like make a woman sound, sound like, like she's a bad person, tell her, uh, start saying that she's fucked, that she's sleeping with a bunch of men or she's like enticing a bunch of men from prison and like that, you know, I, I felt some of the stuff I was reading about that. I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to be I'm taking this with a grain of salt. She was engaged briefly and they broke up the same year. They broke it off the same year. But, um, as of now she's married, she got married in prison and you know, uh, I think she's thinking that she's getting parole next year or maybe the year after she's prepping for that. By the way, um, I'm not really on the internet right now. It's the end of the year. I'm trying to take care of myself, right? And so I take a little digital uh, fast at this time of year. But I had to get on Twitter because for podcast stuff, sometimes I'm I'm talking to people who are going to guest fr- on Twitter. And so I had to get on Twitter and uh, message. And I saw that Kara w- had posted about how... Because uh, Elizabeth Holmes got sentenced to what, twelve years, and she's gonna do like so. Chad Christie got twelve years. I, I would she get twelve years, eleven years, or something? And she's got to do eighty five percent of her time in in California under under this case. So she's gonna be doing at least eight and a half years, a little bit more, now maybe nine. And I, Kara had tweeted that. It's interesting that Elizabeth Elizabeth is pregnant right now and she already had another kid. Um, It's interesting she had the kid for sympathy and it didn't, those kids for sympathy and it didn't work. And people were like really arguing with her. And I was like, okay, well, I just happened to see that and I logged back out and I was texting Kara about it. And the thing is, Kara's right. Elizabeth Holmes did get fucking pregnant for sympathy, people were like, well, she's of this age, and if she get out this age, so one of two things happened. Either she got pregnant, well, three things happened, okay? Either she didn't think about it at all, which makes sense, or one, she got pregnant for sympathy, and she thought it couldn't hurt to be pregnant, and, and I'm a mother of a young child, please, please. Three, she got pregnant on purpose because she thought her, her fertility days would be going up and she just decided to spend the first 10 years 
of her children's lives in prison. Now, all three of these things could be could be true because we know she don't have fucking good ideas. Okay, like I I hate that people are turning Elizabeth Holmes into a victim of a victim of the patriarchy. Elizabeth Holmes. Sometimes people talk about Elizabeth Holmes and Adam Newman from WeWork. And they're like, why is an Adam in prison? I'll tell you why. One, he's not in a regulated industry. Healthcare is fucking regulated as fuck. If Elizabeth Holmes' device was, uh, I don't know, an app or something to like a social media app, she wouldn't be in prison right now. The fact that she was in a highly regulated industry means something. Um, And the way she defrauded the investors there are very specific ways where she, they can be proved she intentionally defrauded investors. The Adam Newman thing with WeWork is a case of, uh, first of all, the way we value the, 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 the insane way we do valuation of startups, okay? Um, overvaluating them, um, Facebook just laid off Meta, excuse me. She laid off a bunch of people. Twitter was only worth like, what was it, $4 billion? Maybe when Elon Musk bought it for $44 billion, it's never made money, not once. How does, how's it valuable if it doesn't make money? It's based on the investment. Um, it, it brings in revenue, plenty of revenue, but it doesn't pay for itself. And I, listen, your local pizzeria probably does this too. Lots of business can get along for a, quite a long time, Twitter, <laughs> without making money. Meta. I don't think Meta, has Meta got, made, a, made money yet? It might have. But I don't think it, I don't, it might not have. I wouldn't be surprised either. It's the way, the reason they continue is people keep investing money into it. And that's what happened when we work. It was overvalued. He had an angel investor investor in the in Masa. I, I want to say his last name is Masa. Uh, he's a Japanese investor, and he had so much fucking money, and he just kept giving him money. So every time the shit was about to go down the drain, Masa. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Would would give him another infusion of millions and millions of fucking dollars for in, in exchange for stock there. They are selling stock to get, to get this infusion of cash. Um, and the other thing is everything Adam Newman did was approved by the board. There was a lot of shady shit. Okay. He was doing all the fucking time. The fact that he he brought the was it the trademark for we and then changed the company's name to we and then sold the trademark to the company. Come on. Come on. Come on. The other thing is we work well it did go public eventually. We work wasn't a public company. When you're a private company, you do whatever the fuck you want. Well, not the whatever the fuck you want. There's this very funny uh scene in we crash that's the name of the series uh, on apple where Anne hathaway who is playing a rebecca newman who supposedly was an investment banker on wall street before she tried to decide to quit and do yoga <laughs> she, she is like why do we have to have a board <laughs> 
And because they're, because they're trying to be like, why do we have to do what the board says? And I'm like, and, and the lawyer, whoever she's talking to is explaining to her that she must have a board due to her, due to the business structure. Okay. And so, so you must have a board or else you are, gosh, I guess they could just shut them down. I don't know what the, if they find out you're not following, um, the laws of corporate structure, what, what happens? Do they, can they, then the state just take your business? I don't fucking know. I don't know. But like, I'm like, why, why is she acting? Why? This was a bad line, but it was still funny. You know, it was just a lot of like, the board kept telling, w- was letting Adam do whatever. Um, it was a private fucking company. There's a couple, of, you, you can really do what you, almost what you want at a private company. And once you go public and start selling shares to, you know, on the stock market, you're beholden to a lot of things. And that's actually how the WeWork thing went down is that what happened is they had to go, you know, what the fuck is it called? There's a thing, I want to say prospectus, but I could be wrong with the with the actual terminology. There's this thing you put out when you intend to go public, when you intend to start selling shares to the, everybody in the world, right? Anybody can buy a share on the stock market. There's this thing you put out where it kind of explains your valuation. It really gets in the nuts and bolts of your business. The numbers are in there. Um, just a lot of things that like, like people, when you're kind of a black box when you're a private company and people can't really see inside, right? But when you start doing this prospectus, excuse me if that's not the right word, everyone can see what you're doing. You're like laying your fucking cards on the table. And they did this at, against the, against the, 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 um, the wishes of their largest like investor at the time, which is like a bank or something that sent somebody to come and try to like fix this shit. And, uh, and they put it out and it's just mumbo jumbo. It was like pictures and all kinds of, just like things that made, it made everyone who knew what knew what was supposed to be just like guff off. Just roll on the ground and laugh until they couldn't breathe. And it became very clear that WeWork wasn't what people thought it was. And this is right on the heels of Uber. You guys, do you guys remember how Uber, uh, they ousted the CEO? There was a bunch of like, they weren't making a profit. There's a bunch of shit. They were losing money left and right. This is right on the heels of that. So people really had that shit in mind. And like, Dude, it was bad. But that said, he did not do what Elizabeth Holmes did. Like, sure, he took his golden parachute and that last scene and we crashed. I don't know if this is actually true. Does this happen? I think it's true that, but I don't think it was said this way, where Massa calls and and tells, uh, tells Rebecca that Adam will never see that golden parachute that he intends to fight him every way of like the, the you know the severance the the money you give your CEO when they leave that they've negotiated in their package um that he will never see that money I do think Massa intended not to I think he sued Adam and a bunch of other things and he hasn't gotten the money but 
the reason he was able to, to be like kind of dethroned and and just he gets to go live in Israel where he's from obviously um uh, he gets to go live in Israel um is because what he did was stupid what he did was bad business what he did was all kinds of like I mean honestly they had a, a lot of shit went down but none of it was really illegal he was allowed to do all of that shit and they essentially, you know, just made him leave the company and took it over. Um, why am I talking about this? No, I just find it very interesting. And I and and people that that think Elizabeth Holmes was wronged is I don't know, touch grass, babe. <laughs> Go outside, look at the moon. Like figure it out because uh uh, sure, 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 sure. She just got more publicity because she was a woman. Sure. I think so. I think that was part of it. You know, part of it is that we wanted to see what her hair was going to look like when she showed up to court. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is part of the salacious bit of the story. But the fact is, the bitch did a lot of shit she had no business doing. She hurt a lot of fucking people. She defrauded a lot of people. And... I know her defense was kind of her, it wasn't her intent, but you know, like the law doesn't really care that much. I mean, sometimes it cares about intent, but a lot of times the law really hinges on the impact of what you did and intent comes later. I'm not sure. But anyway, she got 11 years. She's going to appeal it, obviously. I mean, what's it going to hurt to appeal it? Just more money. And she like partnered with some like really rich guy or something like that. And if you think that she did not have those kids for sympathy, I don't know what to tell you. I think she had them for all three. I think she didn't really think about it. She, she's one of those people that's just like, nothing bad's going to happen to me. She really had no intention of going to prison. She didn't think she was going to prison. To, and she also thought, yeah, look, they'll see I'm pregnant. When are they going to put away a pregnant lady? No, they won't. Maybe they've sentenced pregnant ladies all the fucking time. They just don't look like you. And they're not going to prison for this. But, um, and also, she was like, might as well have kids now. That I, th- I absolutely think it's a combination of all three, but it was wrong. And I feel bad for those kids. Um, yeah, so... I don't know why I'm talking about this. <laughs> I just forgot what I, oh, <laughs> Kayla, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope this is what you were looking for when you sponsor an episode. Um, yeah, guys, I'll see you in the next one. Later.